play with our Z here today, sir. Okay, the boys are back, son. Fucking don't act like we ever left, because we're right. here again. The boys of summer. <laughs> the boys of summer in August, the it, last month of summer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is like our third summer episode this year. That so. is true, yeah. yeah. It's this heat, man. It makes me not want to record. I know. This. I think what I really think it is is the fact that my allergies are so terrible mm. that half the time I'm like, I either sound like I'm in my own nose when I'm talking, mm-hmm. or I'm about to throw up because my gag reflex is so high. But I mean, maybe we have fans that want that. I mean, yeah, if they want to get a Kickstarter together and pay for that, that's fine. I'll okay. do it. Right. <laughs> there we go. Challenge dropped. The fucking trigger a bulimia response of me. Ninety-six <laughs> pounds in six months. But yeah, we're finally back, man. Yeah. It took us a while, but we're here. Episode sixty-seven. That's nuts, isn't it? It really is. When you stop and think about it. Yeah, what are we gonna do? We're gonna do something big for episode sixty nine. though. I think That's we are. Hilarious. So yeah, I mean that that might even be October at the rate we're going. So yeah, I... <laughs> that'll be close to fucking mm-hmm. Oscar season, right? We can do our Oscar episode sixty nine. <laughs> Which I don't know how the Oscars are gonna turn out this year. Yeah, because they had to. What was it? Yeah, like everything got pushed, right? Basically, yeah, like everything's gonna be smashed into. Real quick month there, like, yeah. like basically at the end. We're gonna have like seven. And they they extended the time frame last year. That's right. To include yeah. everything through March, so you don't even get the first three months of this year because they were all considered for last year's Oscars. So yeah, it's gonna be kind of a weak uh, Oscar year this year. I, I think. think it might. Yeah. Which granted, as everyone knows, I don't give a fuck about the Oscars because they're wrong and stupid. Yeah. Eighty eighty percent of the time, the Oscars are wrong. It's still fun though. No, yeah, no, it's still fun. I, I love to make fun of it, and I mean, I'll talk movies with anybody. I don't give a shit. Even but, bad ones. No, fucking, especially bad ones. I prefer <laughs> talking bad movies. It's way more fun. That's actually what we were just talking about was uh, fucking bad movies. Because I was talking. Is it a topic? Can I go ahead and get into the Robert Pattinson Batman thing? Yeah, you can go ahead. I didn't have anything this week for okay, it, cool. or this episode for it because i ended up and I, I guess it was just because we haven't recorded in a while and mm-hmm. every now and then i'll just like while i'm sitting at the bar with emma or something i'll go into podcast mode and just go on like 45 minute rants about movies and shit and get, <laughs> and get far more angry than is appropriate you didn't have me as an outlet to release yeah. that <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I need you're like my uh, pressure valve man you gotta blow that shit off for me <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's like i'll get way inappropriately angry over shit like that for no reason, especially when I'm in public. Like, it's fine when we're all hanging out as just friends. Everybody's used to me screaming, like, mm-hmm. fucking, fucking Joaquin Phoenix can lick my fucking ball bag. I hope he dies tonight from mm-hmm. fucking throat cancer. Fuck him. And all of our friends are used to hearing that. They're mm-hmm. fine. That doesn't phase anybody. The one good just... thing for our party is, like, with this podcast, I'm like, I have to hear this all the time, so I can just pass it off. It's like, it's your turn to listen, and then <laughs> just, I just go get another beer. Just and... walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I ran them over to, like, another friend group, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. You just walk away. I don't even notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like jingling keys in front of a toddler. <laughs> you're like, hey, <laughs> you're trying to leave early, so you just put me over to a random group of people. Yeah. You're like, hey, uh, Zach, these guys have never seen Boondock Saints. Yeah. And you run out of the building. <laughs> I go on for 45 minutes until I make everybody at the party watch both movies in a row. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Hang on, we're rewinding. You didn't pay attention enough there, right there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get off your phones. Yeah. Put those fucking phones down. <laughs> Do you ever have that problem? When me personally? Like, you know, like when, when you're showing somebody a, a movie. It, it does frustrate me a bit, yeah. It, it also, it makes you feel bad because you don't want to be that guy of like, get off your fucking phone. But right. like, you'll turn to look at your friend because you're showing them a movie for the first mm-hmm. time and they're on their phone and you're like, oh, God damn it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get weird here, but... Right. 
Like, that's the worst. Like, if you're just watching something, that's fine. But if it's something, like, you specifically ask them over to show them or something like that, yeah, it's like, I've seen this before. This is a very good part. You need to pay attention to this. And yeah, it's like, yeah, this is, like, kind of a big deal here. But you yeah. don't want to say that because right. you want them to organically go through the film. Exactly. I always kind of have that with Emma sometimes because she, granted, she is just kind of a scatterbrain. Mm. So that's how she watches all movies is on her phone. And she's still usually paying attention. Yeah. But it just triggers that, like, part of my brain where I'm like, get a fucking phone. <laughs> Show some respect. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Don't you realize this is Nicolas Cage's best role this year? And she's like, I fucking, I don't want to watch next. I don't care. Put your phone away. He saves the future. He saves our future. It's like seven minutes in the future, except for one time, whenever he saw the girl, and he doesn't know what time it is, but he's got to be there at the diner to make sure it's her. Beautiful. <laughs> That is actually the plot of that film. Basically. I, I remember it. Yeah, you, I like Nicolas Cage. You boil that down to a good like 20 seconds. Yeah, that's like the like elevator pitch of that mm-hmm. movie probably. <laughs> Nicolas Cage ran into fucking some dude at Warner Brothers in an elevator. Hey man, listen, here's what I'm thinking. So I'm like a guy who's like a magician, right? But I see the future. And I can see seven minutes in the future, right? But one time I see this hot blonde chick walk in. And I don't know what time that's going to happen. And then the government gets involved, like always. <laughs> he just goes on a giant rant. <laughs> They're like, just make the movie. Get him off the fucking lot. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm tired here. I'm trying to make fucking Avatar 2, and he's over here talking to my ears. Send him down <laughs> to the wig guy. Figure out what hair he's going to wear this time. <laughs> he did have pretty bad hair in that movie. That was one of the top worst Nicolas Cage hair movies, for sure. I'm pretty sure it was the same wig that Tom Hanks wore in The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Not just that one, all three of them. Oh my god, that's right. He, I, never, I, he never changed his hairstyle throughout the, the, the trilogy. I forgot there was a third one of the Da Vinci Code. Mm. I actually watched uh, the first and second one kind of recently. Okay. I'm going to have to read those books, they seem kind of good. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Like, they're they're nice, quick little, you know, basically kind of turn off your brain, read a book kind of thing. But, right, yeah. yeah. Like a time killer. Yeah. yeah. It seemed kind of fun. I know it was the second one, I think, that had Ewan McGregor in it. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh my god, he was an altar boy. Like they must have just hollowed him out like a fucking canoe. <laughs> In Rome too, so yeah. Poor guy, he probably he's getting sit. top of the food chain. That's there. actually why he doesn't sit down in that entire film. Oh. They they didn't go into it. It got cut in the director's edition, but. Um, his character's asshole is so torn open from being filled <laughs> out by Pope after Pope after Pope that uh, he can't sit down. And what he at one point he falls down the stairs, and the vacuum of all the air going into his totally gaped butthole from mm-hmm. all the Pope rape is what blows up the Vatican. That's what it was. That's actually what happened. I, I know it was hard to follow. Yeah, but I think I fell asleep for a few seconds it, there. It was pretty deep, just like you and McGregor's butthole. <laughs> By the fourth rape scene, you're just like, okay, just tune him out. It gets a little, like, grotesque, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, one or two rape scenes a movie, that's fine. It's I get to that. be expected, We're yeah. trying to make money here. But after the fourth one, where they're just throwing batch on this fucking kid's face, and it's young Ewan McGregor's flashback, mm-hmm. he goes outside in the rain, and, like, somebody goes through a puddle, and the rain hit him on the cheek, and he has a flashback, and he's huddled up and crying. Like, you're like, okay, I get it. He got raped. Like, that's what the Catholic Church did, I know. You don't have to keep pounding it into my brain treat my brain like you and McGregor's butthole. I'm just pounding it all day. No no fucking regard for what's going to happen to it. Two hours. Yeah, that, I think that was the original length of the rape scene was two hours. I'm not <laughs> Uncut, just like the Pope. Mm. The Catholics are circumcised. Oh, okay. Nice Sorry. try, though. It's 
right. I was raised Catholic. Oh. But I wasn't as pretty as you and McGregor, so I didn't get filled out like an application. Well, at least you got that <clears throat> going for you. I wasn't a pretty enough kid to get molested. Which really, I, I might sue him for that. I yeah. feel like that really fucked with my self-esteem. All these other kids are getting fucking, you know, filled. They're getting filled up and sealed shut like yeah. a fucking garage door. Yeah, getting wrecked in the rectory. And I can't even get fucking, you know, tickled. What the fuck, man? I was a cute kid. I might curse a little too much, but still. It's bullshit. Oh, I definitely see that, yeah. I fucking ruined myself. Oh, dude, I was cursing early. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like all the words that I... I was unaware they were bad words until I met other kids. Oh. That's how my family just talks. So yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. You don't fucking know shit. Shut your fucking mouth. Sit down. <laughs> and you're like five. Yeah, he's three years old. <laughs> What's up? You you want your fucking bottle? Yeah, man. I, I get. I'll get your fucking bottle. Don't worry about it. I got you here. You're all set up, bud. Go go fuck 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 around over there. Do what you gotta do. I warmed it the fuck up for you. Yeah. Then I go to kindergarten. I like raise my hand. Like, yeah. Can I go to the fucking bathroom real quick? I gotta take a shit. <laughs> Those are no no words. They are. <laughs> bathroom. What the fuck? You can't you can't say that word. Why not? Oh, it's because I'm not drinking. <laughs> Uh, right, Robert Pattinson. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we went on wild tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we hit all the coast, man. Yeah. Like, what's the end of the podcast? That was I, a full podcast. So. We're, we're done. We're just turning these into vines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're really not going to get much better than that. We, we're going to go another. Though. We're going to go another hour, but it's not going to be any better. I mean, than there that. was some top-notch gold in there. I'm still yeah. funny. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> you guys suck a dick. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like I was saying, that because we hadn't recorded in a while, I was a little drunk, got into podcast mode, forgot I was in public, and was just fucking ranting about Robert Pattinson being Batman, and how unhappy I am with that. And it throws me off, because maybe I'm wrong, because I know uh, on the subreddit, there's a Batman subreddit, and they're all super excited for it. They think it looks great, they think all the stills look awesome, they think it's going to be a great movie, mm -hmm. and I don't <laughs> like at all i think it's gonna suck which is a bummer because i looked up the cast at least the cast that's been like announced so far mm -hmm. it looks badass there's some really good actors in that fucking yeah, movie like all the villains are pretty well known yeah, paul dano's playing the riddler which is a fucking fantastic choice by the way paul paul dano is a motherfucker yeah it wouldn't surprise me if he was like that in real life just you know <laughs> psychopath he's a fucking actor dog he's a <laughs> he can act like a motherfucker i mean he's in one of my favorite movies of all time there will be blood, hmm. which is like. I thought you were gonna say Little Miss Sunshine. That too, honestly, I love that movie. <laughs> What's crazy is that he went from Little Miss Sunshine to There Will Be Blood yeah. in like six months and did both of those roles. And I'm like, this motherfucker knows what he's up. Like, this guy knows what's up. Fuck Robert Pattinson. Make Paul Dano Batman. I don't give a fuck. This guy's way better. And then like Colin Farrell's gonna be a Penguin. Colin Farrell's a great actor. I love Colin Farrell. And like they're even like not even gonna make him hot now. They're gonna make him like fat, put a bunch of prosthetics on him. Oh no shit. Yeah, yeah. They're like, he's got like prosthetic makeup. He's gonna wear. I don't know if they're gonna go full Danny DeVito and Batman uh, returns. <laughs> like flippers and <laughs> flipper hands with the fucking uh, leather gloves on. But um, and then uh, oh, fuck, what's her name? Zoe, Zoe Kravitz mm -hmm. is playing Catwoman. It's a great fucking choice. So that that woman can act like a motherfucker too. She's awesome. And there's a lot of good, like, there's a lot of good actors in that movie. And then Robert Pattinson's playing Batman. And the director hasn't done shit. Did Cloverfield. Yeah, but, come on. <laughs> like, Cloverfield was okay. Cloverfield was, like, basically, 
it was basically like, I want to make Godzilla, but I know the Blair Witch Project made a lot of money, so let's make that movie. <laughs> and Cloverfield's okay. I get like kind of tired of the found footage films myself. And that's not Cloverfield's fault. They kind of started it. Yeah, he did like Cloverfield and like War of the Planet of the Apes. So. Oh, okay. I never did see any of those. Yeah, I think I tried to watch a little bit of the first one, but I hate James Franco so much that I couldn't get past it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Andy Serkis is in this movie as well. Oh, in the Batman? Yeah, in Batman. He's Alfred. Really? Yeah, which oh. actually I'm fine with. I actually love Andy Serkis. People don't talk about Andy Serkis enough. That guy is also a hell of a fucking actor. Is that actually going to be him or is he in a mocap suit? Yeah, he's in a mocap. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> Alfred's actually going to be a monkey in this oh, movie. Oh, I don't okay. know. <laughs> Caesar. <laughs> Apes together make tea. No, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, so I just, you know, when Robert Pattinson, when he first got announced as Batman, was like talking about how... He, he's changed his tone now, but at first he was like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, I'm not even going to work out for this role. Like, people get, people want you to work out for superhero, like, roles, and that's stupid. And, like, it's just a movie to me. And now he's changed his tone. He's like, I always wanted to play Batman. I think Batman's awesome. Blah, blah. It's probably because one of the producers was like, hey, shut your fucking mouth, you little greasy fuck. <laughs> and uh, get in there and do what we fucking tell you to do. But I just think he's going to be a fucking terrible Batman. He's not a good actor. He's... A huge douchebag. He doesn't care about the character whatsoever, which we all know what happens when that fucking shit works. Because, well, I mean, I guess he'll end up winning eight fucking Oscars then, just like the Joker did. But, like, you you won't work out to play Batman. Like, Batman, the character who, like, his whole thing is that he's become the, like, epitome of what the human body and mind can do. That he's worked tirelessly since he was eight years old to be the greatest hero to make sure it never happens again. I don't really, like, what, you, you can't do a couple fucking crunches for that, you British cunt? Like, fuck you, you piece of shit. But then everybody online is all fucking excited about it and saying it looks great. So, like, am, am I fucking crazy? Am I the one who's wrong here? It could be. Because I know everybody said that about the Joker movie, but then everyone I've talked to who's watched it twice has been like, yeah, it doesn't hold up, it's not really that good. So maybe I'm fucking smarter than everybody else when you start listening to me and I should run Hollywood. Be a lot less kid fucking if I'm running Hollywood, I can guarantee that. Hardly any, hopefully. Oh. That would be the goal, would be zero, but, you know, every now and then one's going to slip through, there's nothing you can do about it. But zero was the goal. Put like a plus minus a five on there, but zero would be the goal. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to just a daily activity that they do in their boardrooms. Break for lunch and then, yeah. Yeah, while they spin the wheel of uh, unpurchased licenses that they can use to remake a movie. And they dip their balls in cocaine and fuck a nine-year-old Taiwanese boy. Fucking evil Hollywood-producing cunts. <laughs> well, it's not a real country anyway, so it's fine. What? <laughs> okay, no, we are not. The, the A to Z podcast is not going to be a pro-CCP fucking media organization. No, you called me last night and said we are. We are going to change the theme song. Oh, God, I got to quit It's no longer hooky. It's going to be... Wait, how much money do they offer us? <laughs> We're going to be the new Disney. Because, oh, fucking, I mean, if, if I'm going to make Disney money, I will sell out. That's fine with me. <laughs> All the Taiwanese boys that I want. <laughs> fresh, <laughs> hair, fresh, hairless bodies. <laughs> so lithe and flexible. <laughs> oh, fucking hot. You just literally become pedophile Batman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been trained for years. <laughs> but I didn't work out. I don't even know why I need to do any crunches to fuck these nine-year-old Taiwanese boys. <laughs> 
I'm rich enough, they'll fuck me because I tell them to. <laughs> Who needs steroids? They only weigh like 100 pounds anyway. Just fucking bench press it right in my mouth. Uh, I can't recover from that. You're going to have to transition. That's myself. fucking made it. What if that's how the movie turns out? <laughs> So yeah, anyway, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not looking forward to the Batman movie that's coming out next year. And if you guys are, let let me know why I'm wrong. Hit me up on Twitter, but I think it looks like shit. So what are you even up to, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, not a whole lot, really. Just watching a lot of movies. Playing some video games. Right on. I watched, uh, Started playing through Hades, finally. Oh, it's been yeah. really fun. Got that's a lot of like good. Game of the Year awards last year and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I heard a lot so. of people talking about that. It, it looked like fun. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. I'm kind of addicted to that right now. So nice. Yeah, I've been replaying Final Fantasy X. Ooh, all right. Because they had uh, it was like the 20 year anniversary of that game. No shit. Like a couple weeks ago, it was 20 wow. or 15 year, one of the two. I think it was 20. Man, I'm fucking old. I know, isn't that nuts? Yeah. But uh, I have it on the PlayStation 4. I got the remaster. Where it's got 10 and 10 2 on it. So I was like, I'm gonna start playing that again. So. I've been doing that. I recently uh, finished all the Twilight movies, which is probably where the Robert Pattinson thing came from. Mm. And he's See, not a, you got a bad taste in your mouth. Then. He's not a shitty actor because of those movies. It's oh, not okay. his fault. He's a, he's shitty in that. Movie. Everybody's pretty shitty in that movie because none of the characters are like fleshed out characters. You know what I mean? Right. So I can't really blame any of them because like I like Kristen Stewart. She's done shit that I really enjoyed, and I mean she's god awful in that movie because she has nothing to do. Uh, you know, because she's awesome in, like, The Runaways. I thought she was great in that movie. Uh, what was that one? American Ultra with Jesse Eisenberg. Hmm. I actually kind of like that movie. It's sort of fun. Okay. And then, um, trying to think other people who are, well, there's other people in that movie who are actually talented actors, or, like, actors and actresses. Uh, Taylor Lautner's not, but he was super jacked, so he gets free respect points for that. Hmm. At least he was willing to do some crunches, and he's defined as a motherfucker in those movies. <laughs> he's fucking ripped. But, uh, Even in wolf form? Kind of. I don't know. The, the wolf looked a little pudgy, honestly. Mm. That's probably just the, the CGI. They're, they're going to say it's because all the fur, but I'm not buying it. He looked pudgy. <laughs> 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 but, like, that movie is not the reason I don't like Robert Pattinson. The Twilight movies are not why I don't like him. I don't like him because of the other shit I've seen him in that I thought sucked. Like Water for Elephants, where he's just... He doesn't make. He never seems to make a lot of choices as an actor. You know what I mean? He's not trying anything. He's just sort of punching the clock, read your lines, fucking cry when they tell you to cry, and go back to your trailer and do nothing apparently because he doesn't work out. And uh, that's it. Like that's just what it is to him. And then he also has that like wannabe British aloof fucking. I mean, he is British. He's not wannabe British. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the. I want to see his fucking birth certificate. He was born on the same island that Osama bin Laden was born on, and our president, Obama. Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh. Um, but, uh, like, he just seems to, he doesn't seem to do a lot as an actor. He's not making a lot of choices. Or a lot of my favorite actors are people who will make choices, you know, do something, whether it be subtle or over the top, either one. You're doing something, you're trying something. And he just never seems to do anything like that. Granted, I haven't seen The Lighthouse yet, and everyone says oh, that movie's amazing. Hmm. But something tells me that, like That's everything else he's been in... Uh, good Times. I've heard that one's very good. I don't also. think I've seen that one either. But I'm assuming he's getting carried in those as well. 
because in that fucking Water for Elephants, he gets carried like a motherfucker. Reese Witherspoon actually acts her fucking dick off in that movie. She does a pretty good job. And she basically carries him along with uh, Christoph Waltz, who, I mean, obviously is great. Like, that's a great actor, Christoph Waltz. He makes choices. He does a lot of things with his character. Kind of fully fledges out the character through mannerisms, you know, fucking ticks, whatever you want to do. He's making subtle choices, doing things with it. He's not just reading lines. You know what I mean? And I just, Robert Pattinson's not the kind of actor to, to, to do that. And it makes me not respect him and not like him. Because fucking anybody can go read some fucking lines. He's not even attractive. Like, I th- and this isn't me being jealous. He's objectively not attractive. He's got a weird shovel face and his body is shit. He never, he doesn't shower enough. His hair is always greasy. That fucking scene in one of the Twilight movies where he takes his shirt off. His chest hair is greasy. It's like matted down to his chest. His chest hair is greasy. I'm like, you couldn't fucking shower for one day on set when you knew you had to take your shirt off? Like, I know you wouldn't do any crunches to maybe get some of that puffiness away or skip lunch so you look a little more, like, svelte. But you can at least take a fucking shower. And I just, like, you know, I'm not being jealous because there's dudes, I constantly talk about dudes who are good-looking. I have no problem with good-looking yeah. dudes. Like, Tom Hardy. Probably, probably a bit too much, honestly. Yeah, no, everybody thinks I'm fucking gay. Yeah. But, like, Tom Hardy, he is a great actor who makes choices and does different things. Also works out like a motherfucker and is great looking. If Tom Hardy was Batman, I'd have no fucking problem with it. He's already been. I don't care. He'd still be better than Robert fucking Pattinson. So I just, I fucking hate him. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I mean, it would be nice to have another good Batman movie. I'd be fine with being proven wrong. Especially if we can get a Batman movie. Because the only good Batman movies have been, like, animated mostly. <laughs> I did like, uh, I mean, I kind of liked the Justice League movie, but that's just me. And at least that one, like, admitted that they were doing superheroes. Because you kind of like, even if you're going to do dark and gritty like DC always wants to do, you still have to realize you are doing shit about, you know, this is all characters that we read when we were eight years old. So you yeah. kind of got to let let yourself not be super serious about shit sometimes. Right. These, these are aliens. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's like you can let yourself be a little serious. Like, not saying make it funny, but maybe have some fun. You know, kind of uh, be self, uh, self-actualized self and sort of understand what you're doing. That's all I'm saying. I think the new Batman movie is going to suck, and I hope I'm wrong. But I'm not, because I'm never wrong. <laughs> Any rebuttals? I really, I mean, the, the trailer doesn't give you much to really go on at this point. So I'm kind of waiting for another trailer for it before yeah, I really make any kind of a d- deduction on it. But I, I know it comes out next year, but I don't know if they like had a date. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think it did initially, but then once all the like, pandemic delays hit, it just delayed it to... Once they watched it and they are like, oh, fuck, this is <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> Hang on, just push it back, just push it back. Uh, call, up the, call up China, have them release that virus. We can't have this movie coming out. That's <laughs> where <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting edgy. Read yeah. a newspaper today, guys. Oh. No, I didn't. I'm oh, just okay. fucking around. You could have you could have sold me on that because you had to like buy one to put under the car for whenever you had to in case you didn't spill any oil on anything. Nah, it's just a fucking driveway. Who cares? Oh, okay. <laughs> You're gonna repave it soon anyway. That is true. I have to do that soon. But yeah, I I didn't know if you had any kind of thoughts towards that movie at all or not. And I also know, I mean, you're a Batman fan, but you're not like my level of Batman. Oh God, fan, no, nowhere near that. No. So, I just didn't know. Because granted, I'm always going to be biased about Batman movies anyway. Mm-hmm. 
because they're never going to be what I want them to be, and I'm fine with that. But I would like something better than what I've seen from this one that's coming out next year so far. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't have any... I also haven't seen Lighthouse or Good Times, which are apparently the two like really good Pattinson's movies, so maybe, maybe, we should, maybe we should do that sometime. Yeah, maybe not. We'll, we'll blast through those in a double feature. I'll watch Lighthouse at least, because at least I know there's one actor in there that I enjoy. Yeah. And it's uh, Robert Eggers. It's true. He did a good job with uh, The Witch. Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I don't I don't have a lot of high hopes, which honestly might make the movie better, as some people thought, but that, that didn't work out for Joker very well either. Mm. So I was like, this movie's going to suck dick. And then I called it like plot for plot point almost while I was watching it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, I was making jokes. It's not supposed to be this bad. <laughs> Still one of my favorite moments from that movie. And just the ridiculous stupidness of it was the Wall Street jocks singing Send in the Clowns from a fucking Barbara Streisand musical. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what <laughs> As those... they beat up a hobo and clown <laughs> makeup. Some hobo and clown makeup. Yeah, that's what the 80s yuppies were really into. Cocaine and Barbara fucking Streisand. I know you really wanted that scene in there. And instead of just, I don't know, buying the rights to that song and having it play over the scene while they beat up the clown... Let's make him sing it. That'll be more artistic. I'm gonna win so many fucking Oscars off this. I'm just jacking off to each other. Fucking douchebags. That's apparently gonna go sequel, by the way. I think we talked about that. Yeah. They're, uh, Phillips is writing it right now, so. Mm. It hasn't been green later or anything, so. Yeah. What, uh, what color crayon do you think he's writing the script in? Probably purple. I think green. Mm. But see, he's not even the Joker. That's why they just called the movie Joker. Joker. Oh, really? I thought they called the movie Joker because they were clearly joking with us that this was a DC movie. Because it's 1,000% a shot-for-shot remake of The King of Comedy, and everyone can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's called Joker because it's going to turn me into Joker. Because mm. I know when I watched that movie, I really wanted to poison a water reservoir afterwards. Okay. That is a deep cut for all it, our Batman fans, by the way. That's yeah. Joker's first heist. Man. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, didn't you want to go out and, I don't know, shoot everyone you saw after you watched that movie, or was it just me? No, it was just you. Mm. You only wanted to shoot me. <laughs> See me to shut up for a minute. <laughs> God, got some quiet. That was a fun one. Yeah, we, we might get to watch uh, Suicide Squad tonight. You mean The Suicide Squad? The Suicide Squad. Fucking, these articles can go fuck themselves. That's that song. <laughs> I'm going to make a movie called The The. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm fucking done with Suicide Squad. We're never going to watch that again. But The Suicide Squad we can watch. I don't think, yeah. I don't really see an option in my life where I watch Suicide Squad again. The Suicide Squad looks like a lot of fun. But it was. Uh, I watched it last week in the theater. It was good. Nice. Yeah, we might watch that tonight. That might be fun. Because that's a movie where... It, it, it's kind of fun because I, I think it's going to suck, but in a good way. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know no, I mean? that's kind of how I went into it, yeah. I'm like, this is going to be kind of fucky. And I'd rather, I'd rather see a fucky movie than a cookie-cutter mm-hmm. bullshit movie yeah. every fucking day. Make some choices. There's, there's some I'm, I'm bad scenes. Like I didn't really enjoy it at all. And then, But it, it makes up for it with some better scenes throughout. Yeah. So, yeah. Overall, not not as good as a lot of the hype it's getting in my mind. Like, a lot of people are giving it, like, 9 out of 10 kind of range. Jesus. I'd, I'd kind of go maybe, <clears throat> like, 7, 7.5 on a good day. That's fair. So it's still good. Very much watchable, you know. I expected 
from watching the hype and everything, the trailer, mm-hmm. I expected I was going to give it like an 8 out of 10 when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. See, I can see that too. Like I said, because you're going to know the characters more too yeah, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Fucking Rat King and shit. Mm-hmm. And that fucking, that uh, was King part Shark. of my stuff. King Shark? Fuck yeah. <laughs> and Idris Elba's in it and he's awesome. Mm-hmm. They honestly should have just made him Batman. I'm not even shitting you. Or Bond, one of the two. I would he, fucking, he was wanting to do both. I would fucking watch him as Bond like a motherfucker. Cause See? He's got, yeah. Because he's, he's got that show on BBC, or had that show, was it Luther? Yeah. Which was fucking awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that? The first season, yeah. That's I haven't gone back to it. fucking badass show, and he's a fucking hell of an actor. I love Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. He, like, he could pull off all of it. Like, the suave, the yeah. yeah, the renegade, the... 100% could be... The brutality. Yeah. The I coldness. He, I think he'd be a pretty good fucking Bruce Wayne, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. And not even for, like, the, the PC points of, oh, look, we make Batman black. Like, who gives a <laughs> fuck? Batman's race never really matters. No. Just fucking get a good actor. Yeah, I totally watch. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Like, Idris Elba's such a good actor, I still like him, and I saw the Dark Tower movie. Yeah. <laughs> what does that tell you? To be fair, that movie, he's still pretty good in that movie. Honestly, yeah. That movie sucks, but him and Matthew McConaughey are the only two parts of it that are any good. Every other second of that movie sucks. Yeah. Except for Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Because I liked Matthew McConaughey as the Man in Black. I thought that was fun. Yeah, they didn't even really get any of the like scenery or anything right, which is... No, they didn't even get the story right. Well, no, I mean, yeah. They just made some, like young adult fucking fantasy novel and they call yeah. it the dark tower it's like what the fuck because don't they go to tall at one point and it's like grassy and there's a bunch of fucking trees and shit everywhere it's mm-hmm. like the barbarians attack and i'm like yeah this is in the middle of the desert everyone's <laughs> supposed to kill everybody here this is bullshit <laughs> fuck all of you kick you right in your teeth but that i don't know do you think that's ever going to be done a dark, dark Tower. A Dark Tower mm. series. I mean, it, it'd no. have to be a series. You couldn't do a movie of the Dark no, Tower. I hope they learned their lesson from that. Yeah, no, I don't like, think so. Do you think they could ever do it? I had hope for Amazon, but I, I mean, know, if, if Amazon can't pull it off, fuck. it looked so good too. Yeah, it's a bummer. I hope, like, I. They had a good plan for it, starting with the flashback from yeah, Wizard and Glass. Yeah, like, starting in Wizard and Glass and moving forward through that. I thought mm-hmm. that would have been cool. And I'm like, I hope. It would be really cool because I'm sure they at least made a pilot, right? They did, yeah. It'd be cool if they released the pilot. Apparently it is out there. There's a... There's a way more, to see it? There is a way to see it, yeah. So we might have to dig through some dark web shit yeah, and try to find it. Fucking call up some Russian KGB because, uh, agents, get that shit sent over here. One of the Stephen King podcasts I listened to, the, the Losers Club, nice. they did they did a review of it. Right on. They watched it somehow. So. What they rate it as? Uh, I actually didn't listen to the episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and the off chance that I do find it, I want to kind of have my own yeah, opinion of it first before I hear somebody else's. I wonder so. if you just have to, like, maybe just do an animated series? That's about the only way, really. Maybe probably just the best way to do it. With as much, like, magic and fuckery and shit. Like, yeah. Because the uh, the graphic novels they made for them, for Marvel, oh, yeah. those things sold really well. Yeah. Like, they made some money off that shit. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I own them all. So. Yeah. Like, I wonder if you could just maybe do They flesh out a lot of the extra story so well, too. Like, oh, yeah. Robin no. Firth. Like, she, she does a good job. Yeah, that was cool. I like that a lot. She was King's assistant for like 10 years. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Whenever he was going, he got back from the accident and he was wanting to finish it out, right? Five, six, and seven. Because he didn't want to die without finishing the series. Right. Um, he hired her as a research assistant to go through and like keep him in track with like dates and character names and everything else. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, she knows Midworld almost better than he does. Oh, so. my God, dude. I would, I would 
fucking give my left foot to talk to her for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk. I, I want to interview her on this podcast more than I want both of my legs to work. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Maybe we'll be able to find that uh, pilot at some point. And yeah. Other than that, you think we got anything else? We get all the... I feel like I, I blew off the, the pressure. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm out of the red now. I'm back okay. in the green. There we go. Feeling a little bit better. Almost topic time. I think it's almost topic time. You got anything else you wanted to add? Mm, I don't think so, no. no. Anything else we can cover in the topics, I think. So. Cool. Time for topics. Uh, I think it's topic time. Huh? I'm going to start with some ridiculous video game shit here. Oh, yeah. I heard about this, actually. Yeah. There's a new Super Mario Brothers speed run. He set a new world record while blindfolded. Speedrunner Crescendo set a blindfolded world record after completing Super Mario Brothers. This is the original NES yeah. game in 11 minutes and 55 seconds. That's so crazy. He beat the previous blindfold record set at 14 minutes and 46 seconds since 2016. Jesus. Insane, man. That's so crazy. He mentions that he is a musician. That makes more sense. Which comes in handy when going for this world record because in some sections of the game he had to accurately count in seconds to perform a perfect series of jumps when required to progress in the level. That makes sense to me. Because that like gets a lot of like finger muscle memory too. Yeah. So He also used fireballs as a tool to determine how far away certain things were and broke specific bricks to determine his whereabouts in the level. Oh, this guy's amazing. Yeah. He says he's working on a tutorial video to teach would-be speedrunners how he broke the world record. <laughs> this is all you have to do. Just yeah. be insanely great with your hand-eye coordination. Or just your hand coordination and then be able to tick what fucking boxes are getting hit by your fucking fireballs? It's yeah. fucking super simple, bro. Don't oh, worry yeah. about it. Yeah. You guys will break it in six months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. Now, what's more impressive, that or that guy who did the Super Mario 64 blindfolded? Probably the 64 still, I think. I, I feel yeah. like the same. Yeah. Because the 64, you got three dimensions you got to do it out of that right. point. And you still have to collect, like, what, 12 to 15 stars, I think, at least? Something to, like that. To even yeah. unlock Bowser? So. Dude, the fact that he can do the Bowser fight blindfolded is just like, <laughs> one of the greatest fucking feats a human has ever done. He's yeah. like a, he's a, a modern day like Greek epic hero. Right. He's like fucking Ulysses or something like that. I don't know. It's insane. That is fucking badass. Yeah. So 11 minutes, huh? Yeah, 11 minutes, 55 seconds. Dude, I fucking... I can never be a speedrunner. <laughs> there are so many broken controllers. Right? That's exactly what it's 100% whatever. That's why I don't want to get a Switch, because the controller is the console, and something's going to happen, I'll snap that thing over my fucking leg. (laughs) Now, this next one, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking you probably already know about it. Maybe you didn't know the new aspect of it, but I'm thinking you knew about it. But I didn't know anything about this, and it kind of blew my mind, so we're just going to do a little research, reading history here. There was a -a one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang Clan album. And it now has been resold, and no one knows who has it. Hmm. Have you heard about this? Like the legend of this uh, album, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin? No, I don't think so. I don't have my head. Previously owned by controversial pharmaceutical executive Martin Screlly. <laughs> Martin Screlly, yep. It's been resold, and virtually nobody knows who has it now. It's me. The Single Sale Collector's Album, which contained a 31-track record, a hand-carved box, and an accompanying 174-page parchment paper book bound in leather <laughs> was originally purchased by Shkreli at an auction in 2015. At the time of the auction, IGN had reported that Shkreli could do with the album whatever he pleased, so long as he never made it commercially available. Okay. The former executives thought to have paid around $2 million for it. Damn. 
He became infamous for dra drastically increasing the price of the anti-parasitic drug Darapim yeah. in 2015. Oh, yeah, no, he got huge on this, and he was on YouTube and everything Oh, really? Else. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you've heard of him. Then. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. no, I, I know the Martin Scarelli story. It's okay. fucking amazingly hilarious. <laughs> He's right. a real piece of shit, and yeah. it's sort of funny. Well, after all that <clears> went, <throat> came about, they uh, he handed the album over to the U.S. government amongst a range of other seized yeah. assets in 2018 after being convicted of securities fraud. Yep. Proceeds from the sale of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin will be used against the $7.4 million <laughs> of forfeiture money that he was sentenced to pay in 2018. As reported by the BBC, the U.S. government has now subsequently sold this one-of-a-kind album and reportedly for substantially more than the $2 million originally paid for it. According to the Department of Justice, the contract of sale contains a confidentiality provision that protects the information relating to the buyer and price, no. meaning that it is now unclear who owns the coveted record. It's me. <laughs> I forgot to mention it's it's me. <laughs> this is this is my favorite part of the story. What's not clear is whether the original sale clause still remains in effect after the resale. When Shkreli bought the item, the contract of sale originally stipulated that either Wu Tang or actor Bill Murray could yep. take the record back at any time in the next eighty eight years mm -hmm. by means of one heist or caper to steal back the record. <laughs> <laughs> The album apparently contains two appearances by guest singer Cher mm -hmm. and features contributions from every living member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Nice. RZA apparently came up with the concept of the album as a reminder that music can still be viewed as a depiction of fine art. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Bill Burr was actually one of the producers on that album, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah that is I fucking amazing. I would yeah. fucking... I would kill somebody to have that fucking album. <laughs> I'm not even shitting you. That's have, why these names protected. I'm even going to have a fucking, like record player and i still want this fucking album <laughs> i just want more wu-tang shit yeah 31 tracks man. dude i love wu-tang yeah that's insane i wonder who bought it though who do you think bought it i think it's tom hanks oh i think tom hanks is just like fuck it i'm taking that i don't give a shit i'm forrest gump motherfucker i'll be the next member of the wu-tang clan <laughs> and the other bit of random news before we get into theme topics bit of sad news for Excuse you. Me. The historic Museum of Pinball is going to be closing down for good. Aw, why? California's Museum of Pinball is closing for good, and its collection of over 1,100 machines will be going up for individual auctions. Fucking the, California. The nonprofit museum's lead tech, Chuck Casey, announced the closure on Monday, game. stating that the museum organizers were unable to arrange a move of the collection as a whole secure a single buyer, or secure a sponsorship before this deadline. What the fuck? Museum organizers previously attempted to arrange a move from Banning, California, which is two and a half hours outside of Los Angeles, to the resort city of Palm Springs, which is 20 minutes away. Why don't we just, whoever fucking bought the Wu-Tang album, just sell it again and we'll save the fucking... Exactly. We'll, we'll save the pinball museum, too. Put that Wu-Tang album up on the wall, let everybody know what's up. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, the failure to secure a single buyer will likely mean the collection will become scattered to numerous different owners. Yep. It was previously housed on an 18-acre campus. Oh, shit. And it's now going to be turned into a cannabis farm. Oh, I'm so torn on that. <laughs> That's two of my favorite things. Pinball machines and weed. I love mm -hmm. both of that so much. Oh, why can't we just put them together? Have the cannabis farm on another building right next to where the fucking <laughs> all the pinball machines are could you imagine getting high like you you go to the dispensary like hey we just grew this shit mm. and enjoy and it's all fucking beautifully thick like dusted with crystals purple veiny beautiful weed and they're like by the way smoke that and then right next door there's 1100 fucking antique 
pinball machines just in case you want to go look around. You'd be like, fuck, yeah, how much money do you want? That's fine. Here's $400. Get out of my fucking way. You're in my way of fucking all of this. I'm going to get high and play bin- pinball until I fucking pass out. It's amazing. You got to you gotta fucking, dude, it's all about, you know, it's it's horizontal integration. You got to move laterally. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to yeah. fucking, tell me you wouldn't buy, you, you don't even really smoke weed. No. But if I told you the dispensary was named like Pinball Museum Dispensary, you're I'm, 100% buying one from in. that. Oh, yeah. Or something. Edibles or yeah. something. You yeah. buy a pipe from them. Who gives a fuck? Make yeah. it look like a little pinball uh, plunger. You put like a, <laughs> oh my God, that is a fucking genius Dude, idea. yeah. Take a pinball plunger and on the big fat part at the end, make that the ball and you can have a little hole on the side and then you just hit from the fucking plunger part on the end. Yeah. Dude. I'm a fucking, I'm a genius. Or make your own, like, gravity bong, so it's like the pulling the plunger back, and then you... Oh, boom. yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> Good one. You should do, like, a super Dude, hit. fucking close this podcast right now. We need to <laughs> fucking copyright this shit. Just so you guys know, if you mm-hmm. start this shit, I expect five, 5% profits. Okay. And free weed. Okay. And then you can have and it. And pinball. Free and pinball. Fuck, yeah. That's, that's, that's an unspoken uh, agreement. Okay. If you take my fucking pinball museum weed store from me... And you don't let me come in there and play pinball whatever I want, I'll burn that shit to the ground. And then no one can have it. <laughs> Everyone will be high. That's true, but no one will play pinball. Oh. So is it really a win? Kind of no. washes out, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to some movie news, though. Let's start off with our boy Bruce Campbell. Yeah. He got an Favorite update. actor of the A to Z podcast. He's got an update for fans on all things Evil Dead and Doctor Strange. Oh. You mean Spider Man 4? Well, yeah. I mean. Thank you. Can you use the real name for it? Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate it. In case you hadn't heard, Fathom Events and Grindhouse Releasing are unleashing The Evil Dead back into theaters. It's opening October 7th, one night only, for Evil Dead's 40th anniversary. Oh, that's so crazy. 40 yeah, years, man. 40 years. Fuck, it came out about the time you were born then. A few months before, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's older than I am. <laughs> that's so fucking old. Oh, my God. I know. But that's not all, because Bruce is also going to be filming a brand new introduction to the film. And Campbell had this to say about the upcoming re-release. You want to read his quote? Sure. Uh, I'm going to a film. I'm going to film that at a drive-in coming up the next day or two. I think it's a good opportunity to look back and be grateful that it hung around this long. People still seem to want to watch it. They still seem to enjoy it. It's on. It's on to the next generation now. It's not even the original fans, so it's my job just to keep perpetuating it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep them checks coming. It's like, fuck it, man. Residuals. I'm making, it's the only thing I'm making money. This and fucking burn notice. I gotta keep this shit alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the actor also gave updates on the upcoming film Evil Dead Rise from filmmaker Lee Cronin. He mentions that Sam handpicked Lee Cronin, who is a very good Irish director, who did a movie called The Hole in the Ground, which we're gonna have to check out. I've heard good things yeah. about Hell yeah. Lee is a very interesting filmmaker, and Sam also worked with him on a couple of Quibi projects. Right on. Uh, so he handpicked him like he had handpicked <clears throat> Fetty Alvarez for 2013's Evil Dead reboot. Which was awesome, yeah, by yeah. the way. I've said it a hundred times, but just to give you your, your props, you mm. were right on that. Yeah. I was wrong. It was a great remake. Bruce continues, people can actually call it what they want. Sequel, remake, reimagining. It really is just another Evil Dead movie. Yeah. It's book-centric. <clears throat> it's about the Necronomicon. Where does the book wind up and what happens to it over the millennia? In this case, it's set in the city. No more cabin in the woods. It's an entirely different, unsuspecting heroines who are going to save the day. It's filming now in New Zealand with nice. some of their amazing crews down there, and they're well into it. 
Rob Tapert is the hands-on producer, and we're all very involved in the script. Oh, okay. We all jump in at various times to chime in, but yeah, the three of us are very involved. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I love it. Fucking, they're filming in New, New Zealand. You know what that means? It mm-hmm. means the Fellowship of the Ring's gonna find the Necronomicon, <laughs> and then the Deadites are gonna fight fucking Sauron's army. It's gonna yeah. be the greatest movie that's ever happened. Sadly, Bruce was quick to dash any rumors that he'd be making an appearance in Evil Dead Rise, though. I don't believe him. Says, I won't be appearing in it, no. I will be in the upcoming Evil Dead game, which I think is due for February 2022. Just finished the voice work for that. The nice thing is, your voice doesn't age as much as your body, so I can milk that for a few more years. (laughs) I also don't really believe him that he's not making an appearance in that movie. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Just knowing Bruce and the way he likes to fuck around with people... (laughs) <laughs> he'll, put, he'll he'll probably make a like a cameo or something in it, I bet. Lastly, Campbell's been teasing fans about his involvement in Sam Raimi's upcoming Marvel sequel, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> Spider-Man 4. He even went as far <laughs> as to tweet a photo of the London skyline with a message, Boy, it was a blast working in a certain city with a certain director on a certain movie with a certain actor. It sure was. <laughs> <laughs> They asked him to confirm the rumor, and he went on to say, I would say that's a pretty good rumor. I think that won't get me sued. That's a pretty good rumor, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Campbell is the perfect kind of famous. Yeah. Where it's just like, he can pretty much go anywhere. He's got money. He's set. Mm-hmm. But then also just gets to fuck around forever and not care. Yeah. <laughs> See, I do. October 7th, we're going to that 40th anniversary screening. Yeah, are they doing it uh, around here? Yeah, yeah Brazil's got it. Excellent. All right, yeah. 100% we're fucking doing that. I cannot wait. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it on a big screen in the theater. Yeah. I've seen think, I've seen Army of Darkness, but I've never seen it. I think it. yours is the biggest screen that I've seen it on. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be really cool. Fuck yeah. And they apparently went back to, like, some of the original negatives and did, like, a new 4K restoration. Oh, so no shit. It's going to look beautiful, oh, I bet. Oh, fuck, dude. I cannot wait. Yeah. This is going to be a room full of dudes like us. <laughs> Everybody's going to look the same. Yeah. They're all going to also have a podcast. We're yeah. 14 fucking podcasts of that. I don't have one fucking showing. We'll probably all just yeah. fucking guest star on each other's podcast. Make a giant, it's like the fucking, uh, it's like, it's like when you play, uh, the pandemic game where you make your own oh. device to kill everybody. <laughs> It'll be like that. Like there's your explosion event. And everybody just gets infected. <laughs> Moving on to some more uh, Taika updates. Interviewed the other day saying that Thor Love and Thunder is the craziest thing I've ever done. He played Hitler in a movie. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie's going to be fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. He also promised more love and more thunder. <laughs> Hell yeah. Finally. It's about time. Director teased with the, that his follow-up to Thor Ragnarok is, quote, the craziest thing I've ever done. In a recent interview with Empire Magazine, Waititi expanded on what he meant by that statement. I've done some crazy shit in my life. I've lived like 10 lifetimes, but it's the craziest film I've ever done, Waititi said. If you wrote down all the elements of this film, it shouldn't make sense. It's almost like it shouldn't be made. If you walked into a room and said, I want this and this and this, who's in it? Uh, These people. What are you going to call it? Love and Thunder. I mean, you'd never work again. Maybe I won't after this. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love Taika so much. He's like my favorite director working right now. While plot details are still under wraps about Thor Love and Thunder, the film will mark the return of Natalie Portman's Jane Foster, a character who's been absent since the Thor The Dark World. The worst one. Hmm. The narrative will involve Foster becoming the new goddess of thunder. The cast also includes other MCU mainstays like Chris Pratt's Star-Lord and Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie, 
as well as franchise newcomers Russell Crowe playing Zeus hmm. and Christian Bale as villainous Gore the God Butcher. Oh, wow. Okay. When Waititi struck a different, more comical tone from other MCU movies with Thor, Ragnarok, <clears throat> the director assured that Love and Thunder would have a mood all of its own. Oh, my God. It's very different from Ragnarok, he says. It's crazier. I'll tell you what's different. There will be far more emotion in this film. A lot more love and a lot more thunder. <laughs> and a lot more Thor if you've seen the photos. <laughs> He's such an asshole. I love it. <laughs> He's just like, he's one of those guys, the only reason he's able to keep working is because he's so good at his job. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He's, it's, he's got like kind of a Quentin Tarantino thing to him where it's like, no one wants to work with him. Like none of the producers want to work with him because he's such an asshole with everything. Yeah. But his movies are so fucking good and make so much money that it's like, just let him do it in a fucking mm-hmm. once, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. And then it's just like, did you hear what he's saying in the fucking <laughs> interviews? Like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Let no. him say whatever. <laughs> fucking everyone's going to go see this movie. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. <laughs> Tiger's like my new Quentin Tarantino, where mm-hmm. it's like, I just love the way he makes movies, so whatever he fucking makes, I'll watch. I don't yeah. care. And, God, I really do like Fat Thor, don't I? Mm-hmm. That is a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a thumbnail from a scene from the yeah. last Avengers movie where Thor was fat. and mm-hmm. I just remember when that movie first came out, because I didn't see it for a while, but all of my very sweet and loving friends that I have were You're welcome. nice enough to send me pictures of Thor from that movie, be like, look, it looks just like you. It looks just like you. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys. I get it. I'm fat. We can stop now. But it's Thor, so you're actually kind of, you know, honored in a way. I got fucking, like, I swear to God, I got 30 messages from different people. Be like, oh, it looks look, like, you look just like Thor in this movie. I'm like, because I'm blonde and have long hair and I'm fat. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Well, and that, like, <laughs> Viking heritage, you know, like you're, really? you're tapping into your Norse roots. <laughs> but how come I didn't get that when the first Thor movie came out? You cocksuckers. <laughs> Every one of you who sent me that shit. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Most of you probably listen to this fucking podcast. But I remember it. It was there. Didn't get any of it for Thor or Thor 2 or the fucking Ragnarok or any of the Avengers movie until he's fat. And all of a sudden I get 30 goddamn messages. Oh my god, dude. Fucking Thor looks just like you. And I'm like, fuck every one of you in your fucking mouth. They're like, dude, you even kind of act like you in that because he's all depressed and drinking constantly. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) It was like the opposite of a fucking uh, intervention. Mm -hmm. It was like you guys were trying to get me to kill myself. (laughs) We were were trying to get you to stay as Fat Thor. I could just imagine, like, at at my funeral, all of you guys just, like, high-fiving together. (laughs) Like the end of a fucking Ocean's Eleven movie. Like, plan plan work together. (laughs) You give us some stupid flashback. <laughs> no, no, no! You gotta text him next. It's fucking bullshit. It's like here, give him this beer, and it's like eight years beforehand. Make him drink this beer; he'll like it. <laughs> Tell him he drinks better than everybody else. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just talking to Emma. Make him grow his hair out long, and yeah. tell him not to shave his head anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can go, motherfuckers! Every one of you. I hate every one of you. Connect with him emotionally, so he'll start crying more often. She did. She did that so good. Make him depressed and drunk, and then we'll make fun of him whenever the fucking last Avengers movie comes. <laughs> Cocksuckers. Worth it. Didn't get one message during the first Thor when Chris Hemsworth's just looking fucking gorgeous like always. Mm-hmm. Didn't get any messages then, but all of a sudden he's fat and eating ice cream and drinking beers. Dude, you look just like Thor. <laughs> Fuck you. Every one of you. Cocksuckers. <laughs> Got some more uh, Taika news for you, too, actually. Hell yeah. I love Taika. This would be a fucking Taika podcast. So, 
Initially, he was going to do an animated Flash Gordon project. Fuck yeah. And it's now being reworked into a live-action feature. Are they going to finally cast Tom Brady? Maybe. <laughs> Tom Brady is totally Flash Gordon. Is he? Well, yeah, because Flash Gordon was a professional football player when he got thrown into space, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, like, Tom Brady could totally do what Flash Gordon does. He's a superhero. Continue. The 1980 Flash Gordon is one of Waititi's favorite movies. That movie fucking rules. Producer John Davis told Collider Magazine. He initially said to me, let's do it animated. So I said, okay. Then we got into it and started developing it, and he said, no, let's do it live action. I said, even better. (laughs) (laughs) Waititi has spoken about his adoration for the 1980 adaptation of Flash Gordon before. While guesting on Joe and Anthony Russo's Instagram series, Pizza Film School, Waititi cited the Sam J. Jones starring space opera as one of the primary influences for his film, Thor Ragnarok. While Waititi has a busy schedule ahead between the upcoming release of his soccer comedy, Next Goal Wins, and post-production work on Thor Love and Thunder, Davis is confident that the director will return to Flash Gordon sooner rather than later, citing how involved Waititi is with the project already. Waititi is writing it, so when somebody writes a script that they're going to direct, they're obviously going to really like the script, right? So you get a big leg up. We've been through the development process, not the writing process, but he's laid out in great detail the characters, the movie, the way in, what's it about, the tone, all that stuff. Look, he does a lot of movies, right? Believe it or not, he can do a couple of movies a year. Yeah, I believe it. So, now you have that to look forward to. I fucking love the classic Flash Gordon show. (laughs) It was amazing. Like, how fun was that? That shit was fucking top-notch. A new Quentin interview, which I like this a lot. I think you're going to dig it, too. He says he would cast Adam Driver as Rambo if he remade First Blood. Ooh, good call. Very good call. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. So Tarantino has one movie left to direct before he allegedly retires. Yep. That's not stopping him from pitching movies that he'd like to make, such as a remake of First Blood starring Adam Driver as Rambo. I'll take that. During an interview with MovieWeb, the director said that if he wanted to make a good movie that he knows would be good, he'd remake First Blood. But instead of remaking the story of the movie, though, he'd make a first blood that sticks closer to the David Morrell novel of the same name. No, that's a great idea. And <laughs> yeah. also, like, it's a great choice, too, because Adam Driver was a fucking Marine. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He's an actual fucking soldier. And it gets better. If I just wanted to make a good movie that I knew would be good, I would take David Morrell's novel for first blood and do the novel. Not the movie that was made out of first blood. I would do the novel, and Kurt Russell would play the sheriff. Oh, my God. And Adam Driver would play Rambo. I love it. Tarantino continued and said that all the dialogue in the novel was fantastic, and that making a movie using that dialogue would be so good. Wait, have you ever read it? I have not. Oh, it's fucking amazing. It's so good. You also get a lot of backstory to the other characters. Like, there's a whole fucking B-plot with the sheriff. Yeah. And that, like, he's a Korean War vet. Oh, no shit. And he fucking hates Vietnam vets because people don't talk about the Korean War anymore and shit like that. Like, there's some really good fucking shit in that novel. Okay. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Driver versus Kurt Russell. Like... Mm. It'd be amazing. It's also a great choice for Rambo, too, because, I mean, like I said, Adam Driver was a fucking Marine. Like, he's not some, like, pussy-ass actor. He was a bad motherfucker and just happened to be a good actor as well. And Adam Driver is a good actor, no matter how much the Star Wars sequels suck. It's not his fault. (laughs) Yeah. No, this would be fucking amazing. Yeah, I I would be down for that. Did you watch Quentin Tarantino's, uh, he he did an episode with Joe Rogan about a month ago or so. Oh, no. Oh, it's amazing. It's like three hours long, and they just, you just get to hear Quentin talk about movies for three hours. Oh, nice. That's like my fucking, like, my wet dream. I loved it. Moving on, we got some new news on the new Predator movie. Fuck yeah. It's gonna be called Skull. Love it. And will feature a female hero. Still fine with it. So, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. 
uh, final legs of production are now underway. Is that Michelle Trachtenberg's father? I think so, actually, yeah. Because she's stupid hot. <laughs> <laughs> the new Predator movie is called Skull, and it is probably three quarters of the way through production. They also shared that Trachtenberg's film will be a female-fronted origin story, tracing the Predator's first journey to Earth. Okay. It goes back to what made the original Predator movie work, Davis said of Predator 5, which he likened to the D- Leonardo DiCaprio-starring film The Revenant. Mm-hmm. It's the ingenuity of a human being who won't give up, who's able to observe and interpret, basically being able to beat a stronger, more powerful, well-armed force. Right on. I mean, sounds fucking badass. Yeah. Producers have praised his completely unique vision for the movie, though it's still unknown whether the tone of the film will steer it towards an R rating or PG-13. Davis said it all depends on how you end up cutting it, admitting that it was originally conceived as an R-rated movie, but it could easily end up PG-13 after edits. Dude, come, come, don't be a pussy. Make it an R-rating movie. You know it's going to be better if it's R-rated. Yeah. Me and you both know that. Wherever it lands with its rating, Davis believes the fifth installment in the mainline Predator franchise could end up being one of the film series' standout entries. It's going to believe, be, I believe, the second best, or maybe the first. It may be equal to the first one. Ooh. Expressing his high regard for the upcoming movie. That's some big fucking words there, man. I feel like the first one was a wonderful, interesting movie, and I know what worked about it. I feel like we kind of never got back there again, he added, comparing the franchise's later releases to the 87 original. We ended up in different places. I think this is a worthy compliment to the first one. It's going to be as good. That is... That's some big fucking words there, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Original Predator, that's, I mean, top five action movies of all time. Yeah, you're you're getting towards Mount Rushmore levels there. I mean, you're talking, yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. Mount Rushmore levels. I mean, that's, it's like Predator and Terminator 2 and Alien and fucking, like, I mean, you're, that's a big, you're big fucking names you're talking about there, dude. Hell yeah. But, I mean, believe in your fucking art, brother. Go yeah. for it. And if it, I, I hope if it comes it, through, like, I mean, hell yeah. I hope they make it R-rated, though. Oh, yeah, I do, A PG-13 Predator movie is just going to piss me off, I'll yep. be honest with you. The moment you cut away from the blood and gore, I'm mm-hmm. going to be fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm definitely down for this, though. Female oh, out, oh, yeah. out there in the wilderness. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's got, like, a fucking alien vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of funny. That reminds me, um, like I said the other week, I finally finished all the Twilight movies. Right. Because uh, I just, I made it, a, a ch- I made a choice that I would finish all of them. I hadn't seen any of them and Emma had and I would rip on those movies all the time because they're shit so I was like I should watch them if, if I'm gonna rip on them I'll, I'll watch them yeah. they're fucking you terrible you do have that kind of honor so they are fucking terrible by the way <laughs> but anyway after we finished them I had to just cleanse the palate mm-hmm. Terminator 2 Ooh. Judgment Day which it is a insane it, it, it's almost like being high it fucks with your brain if you watch the it like the last twilight movie and then the next movie you put on is terminator 2 judgment day mm-hmm. your brain almost can't comprehend it you're like these could not be more <laughs> <The parody>. different. <laughs> yeah. like, these couldn't be more different if you fucking tried because terminator 2 might be i mean i think terminator 2 is up there jaws level in like a perfect film kind of sense it's got to be in the conversation man of like everything it wants to do it does that's what mm-hmm. i always say about jaws yep. is that it's the perfect film because it does everything it plans on doing mm-hmm. and just lays it out there and at 30 years old now, like, it still works. It still holds up. Even the visual effects yeah. still hold up, which oh, is yeah. insane. That T-1000 is insane. It's dude. so good. And then the shit you hear about, like, when you read into the... I mean, it's it's a lot like Jaws in that there's a lot of lore behind just the making of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. The shit they did for the stuff for some of that movie, like, with um, like Robert Patrick, mm-hmm. trained himself... Like, he went on a running regiment when he got cast in that movie. 
so that he could, and he trained himself to breathe through his nose. That way he could run really fast and not look tired. Just have no expression. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And apparently he got so good at it for the first couple scenes whenever, uh, in the mall, whenever, um, Connor is trying to run, John, John Connor is trying to run away on his bike. Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick caught up to him. <laughs> on the <laughs> like, motorcycle? Yeah, he had to like slow himself down a little bit. <laughs> he was, yeah. yeah, he was like catching up to the kid. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I think Terminator 2 is up there Jaws level in the perfect film. And that it does everything a film is supposed to do. It establishes everything, sets it up, and gets it going. Mm. There's no wasted shot. There was no nope. wasted time in either one of those movies. And, Honestly, uh, even I think I'm going to go out there and say, you don't even really have to see the first one to even no, enjoy it. not at all. I mean, it helps with the enjoyment, but oh, I don't no, think I don't think it's necessary. And the first one's a fantastic movie, but the oh, second yeah. one is a better film. Yeah, 100%. Oh, he's... And the first one's fantastic. I love the first Terminator movie. Oh, yeah, just but that sense of dread better. throughout the whole oh, thing. It's so good. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like, I mean, I think, yeah, I definitely saw the second one before I saw the first one. Oh, really? As, okay. like, a, as like a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like you know, 11, 12 years old the first time I saw Terminator 2. Because <laughs> my dad liked it. And mm-hmm. I watched it with him one time. Probably rented a Blockbuster or something like that. Right. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I remember like four years later, I'm like, there's a, I was like, oh, this is the first Terminator? I'll watch that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and, just, and now I'm a huge Terminator fan. But still, like, second one is by far the superior film. It's almost a perfect film. It's it's Jaws level. It does exactly what it's supposed to do the whole time. There's no wasted second. It's that whole, uh, it's the old adage I always bring up, uh, um, every frame uh, painting. Yeah. There's no, like, uh-ohs in it. You know what I mean? Like, every <laughs> frame of that movie was set up exactly like how it was supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Right then, it's cut that way. The music works with everything. The acting is on point. Oh, every oh, bit God, of it is yeah. fucking amazing. Linda Hamilton, goddamn. She's, she's such the best. I have like you can you can read every emotion on her face. Oh, she doesn't a, need to say a goddamn word. She's such a good actress. She does the not, look on her face when she decides not to kill the uh, uh, company yeah. head boss at the house because the kids are there. Yeah, yeah, she realizes she's become the fucking Terminator. Yeah. from the first one. Oh my god. There's also there's a fun little bit. I don't know if you've ever caught it. Uh, after you know she decides to not kill them, and then they go to uh, the Cyberdyne to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. She's wearing Reese's coat. No shit. Yeah, she has like a she has like oh the, fuck no, I never the, got like, that. The gray blue duster on whenever they walk in, she's got Aww. Reese's coat on. Oh, right. Tell me that doesn't make you want to cry a little bit. I almost did. Like, it's fucking yeah. beautiful. It's one of the greatest. I mean, it's it is. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. It's fuck. Jaws and Terminator Two. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what anybody <laughs> says. <laughs> fuck, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's amazing. And Linda Hamilton is. Everyone gave her props for getting like physically very fit for that movie and everything and she mm-hmm. is she's jacked oh, in that movie yeah no doubt gorgeous woman too by the way so hot i still have a crush on her but nobody talks about how much acting she does in that movie yeah she acts her fucking dick off she has about eight different characters she has to play there's about eight different growth turns <laughs> mm-hmm. in her character's fucking movements she talks differently to john connor and the terminator in the same scene when they're in the same fucking car to each other she changes her tone of voice depending on who she's talking to. Yeah. Like, when I was talking about earlier about making subtle decisions as an actor, that's what Linda Hamilton's doing. That movie is fucking perfect. That should... You you guys, seriously, you should watch that movie at least once a month. Oh, yeah. And you won't get tired of it. I was honestly surprised she hasn't done more. She should have. I mean, she's she's up there with, like, a Ripley-level fucking female character. And and to be fair, maybe she didn't want to, so, you know. That might have been part of it. I I know she did kind of... For a little bit after that movie, she wanted to take a break because she was in doing such fucking strenuous workouts for that movie because she wanted to look like a soldier. Yeah. But, uh, 
No, she should be acting constantly. You're already dead then. <laughs> oh, man, so fucking brutal. Don't you get it? We're all already dead. <laughs> it's already happened. We've got a few more movie news topics. Yeah, yeah. Next one, pretty cool. I know you're a James Wan fan. Oh, of course. He's got a new movie coming out called Malignant. Oh, shit. Which they describe here in this article as like the horror version of Frozen. <laughs> Is it going to yeah. be a musical, though? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, he uh, he's returning to his horror thriller roots. Excellent. Uh, the first trailer is now debuted online. Okay, I haven't even seen that, so let's watch that first, if you okay, don't mind. Yeah, and then uh, see what we get from it. Oh, buddy. Dude, that looks fucking amazing. Hell yeah, it does. Fuck yeah. Goddamn, dude, James Wan is a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He might sometimes get a little too set in his ways, but can he make a fucking horror movie, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that looks fucking badass i can't wait to see that shit yeah so malignant is a different kind of horror film than his previous works the conjuring saw and insidious and he says he's going to return to my more gritty rough thriller roots fuck yeah malignant follows madison mitchell played by annabelle wallace she looked familiar yeah she did but i I don't know that name so she's suffering from bizarre terrifying visions of brutal murders in order to stop the killer and save herself she must reckon with her own troubled past Coming on the heels of Aquaman's success and with a commitment to make an Aquaman sequel, Juan seized the moment to squeeze in a smaller, more personal film in between his DCEU productions. Juan says, I wanted to make a movie in between those two giant films, which, just something smaller, more intimate, really harkened back to the style of filmmaking or the kind of films that excited me when I was much younger, when I was a teen growing up, idolizing filmmakers like De Palma, Argento, and all that. Fuck so, yeah. Pfft. This guy gets it. Yeah. He knows what's up. He probably listens to the podcast. I just thought, when am I ever going to get the chance to do a film like this ever again? Now's the time for me to use this opportunity to make the kind of movies that I don't think really get made at this level anymore. So it really came from the want to just make a hark back, a throwback kind of film. And this was just a story that I came up with that really fit that desire. Dude. At Juan's insistence, much of Malignant is shrouded in secrecy. Even the significance of the title proves a tricky one to talk about without giving it away. I love it. I'm a big fan of titles that have multiple meanings to it. And with Saw, we felt there's one part of that that obviously refers to the visceral aspect of a tool, but at the same time, it touched a bit on what the voyeuristic aspect of the film was as well. You saw it happen. Exactly. So with Malignant, it just felt like this title really encompasses the tone of the film, the subject matter, which actually has a fair bit of medical horror attached to it, so it just felt appropriate. I almost wish he wouldn't have put a trailer out. Yeah. I already feel like I've seen too much. I want to be totally shocked by this fucking shit. He calls Malignant a blend of several genres. It's horror, but it's also a traditional thriller. It's psychological, it's serial killer, and it's also potentially a monster movie. Fuck yeah. So, Dude, I'm so so fucking in. In addition to Annabelle Wallace's Madison, the film co-stars Maddie Hassan as her sister Sydney. The relationship between the pair is an integral element of the film, with Juan deeming it as a sisterly investigative story. Okay. The story roughly is about what Madison's now experiencing. For some reason, she's having these visions of this series of really gruesome, grisly murders, and she doesn't know what's happening to her. She feels like somehow it's connected to her and all that, and her sister and her are trying to work it out. So they're trying to find out what is going on here. And I joke that it's the horror version of Frozen. It really is. There's a horror version of Frozen in there that is some sort of sisterly camaraderie, but with a lot of crazy shit that happens around them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, man. Yeah. I love it. While the trailer reveals some wall-melting digital trickery, Juan oh, insists that he still embraces his passion for old-school horror filmmaking here. That a boy. My goal is to try and create as much of the effects in camera as I can. 
but whilst embracing today's modern technology and how to best combine the two. To me, the best of both worlds is taking old-school camera and practical effects and combining them with some modern approaches, and I think Malignant really falls in that camp. Can you, can you, can you hear that right now? I think it's your erection. That's my fucking zipper straining <laughs> against my turgid fucking cock. Yeah. Yes, this, is, this guy must listen to the podcast. That's I think what so. I've been talking about for a while. Yeah. I think me, me and Jay Zwan can hang out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to wait long. Molina opens in theaters and on HBO Max on September the 10th. Oh, I can't fucking wait. So, yeah, oh, dude. I'm watch that shit. Yep. I think that's going to be a theater movie. That's going to be. Oh, yeah. We got to see that in a theater. Yeah. We'll fucking let. We'll leave Emma at home. She yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She would not fuck shit. with this. No, but... no, she ain't going to fuck with this at all. <laughs> been a lot of topics about the new season of The Witcher since oh, we've yeah. had can't our last wait, podcast. Son. Oh, I can't wait. But uh, this one seems to have a few more details than some of the others did. So it's going to be a seven-episode season. And they actually revealed, or sorry, eight-episode season. And seven of the titles have been revealed so far. Okay. Uh, no plot details have been revealed. <clears> but the titles could offer clues on where the next season will take us. Right on. So I'm going to have you, you know, kind of interpret these and let us know. Okay. So each episode uh, came with a title and title card. The second season will continue that tradition. During WitcherCon, Netflix quickly showed the titles for the eight-episode second season plus the title card logos, but only seven titles were revealed. Right on. So we're starting with A Grain of Truth. So that's a pretty easy one. I've read that story. So. Yeah. Uh, that's the one with the like the Beauty and the Beast type. Mm, yeah, which is one of my favorite like short stories in the short story collection yeah. is The Grain of Truth. That one's awesome. No, the next one I'll let you say because I'd probably mispronounce it. So. It's Care Morin. Okay. Does that that's, mean anything to you? It's the it's the castle where all the witchers of the wolf school live. Oh, okay. And that's where he eventually takes Siri back to, which is I'm assuming what's going to happen on that episode. That would make sense, yeah, because Grain of Truth would have nothing to do with Siri if it follows the story. So. No, 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 because Grain of Truth happens years before he meets Siri. Yeah. Or even fucking um, Calanth. Right. What is Lost is the third episode. That, mm, I'm wondering if that's going to be involved. I don't know if they're going to do it or not with the whole the battle on Sodden Hill kind of thing. Okay. Because I know, I'm pretty sure what is lost was the question that uh, the Lady of Death asked Geralt whenever he climbs up to the Battle of Sodden Hill to see the 13 names of the uh, um, sorcerers that were, or the sorcerers that were killed. And he thinks that, like, because death follows him all around, but he can't die, so he always asks what is lost and oh, stuff oh, like okay. that. So. The next one is that Redanian Intelligence? Yeah, Redanian Intelligence. I'm assuming that's going to be the intro to uh, Dijkstra. Okay. Who is the spy master of Redania. Mm. And he's a very integral character to the story. Very well-liked character. A lot of people oh, like really? him. He's a lot of okay. fun. Yeah. Cool. He, uh, I'm assuming that's what that's going to be is him. Because he's, like I said, he's the spy master for Reed, Redania. So I'm assuming that's what that is. And that's when they start trying to find Siri. Because the whole plot line of the second actual book, not the collection of short stories. Mm-hmm. I think the second actual book starts off with them saying how they have to find Ciri since she's the lion cub of Centra and whoever can hold Centra now has claim to the river and all this. I'm not going to get too far into sure, it. Sure, yeah, yeah. Then we got Turn Your Back for episode five. Hmm. Off the top of my head, I can't think of something too hard on that one. Okay. It might be might be alluding to the story that's told... Um, about Yennefer, where it's Geralt, Yennefer, and I forget the other sorcerer's name, who was also in love with Yennefer. They end up both in the same city at the same time, and they start, like, they're going to fight each other, but they know that if they kill the other guy, Yennefer will never talk to him again. Oh, okay. So they both try to kill themselves instead, and it doesn't work and stuff like that. So that might be what it hmm. is. Okay. Next one is Dear Friend. Okay, that 
at least what comes to my mind is that's an illusion, or not an illusion, but that's a throwback to a section of the books. I think it's in the second book, Blood of Elves, where um, Geralt has, you know, taken Ciri, he's taken Ciri to care more, and everybody thinks that she's dead, and he's trying to protect her. But he knows that Dijkstra and a lot of the other spies are looking for her, and they know that he is connected to Ciri. So he goes and takes a job on a uh, ferry boat ride. And literally, like, he has them advertise that they have a witcher that rides with them so that people can come find them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But during this during this story, he reads a letter, because he gets in contact with uh, Yennefer to have her start training Ciri in how to use her magic, because Ciri is very strong in magic. Okay. But none of the witchers are equipped to handle that kind of stuff. And also, Triss isn't either, because he first calls Triss immediately. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Triss isn't even able to handle it either because Siri is she's a source of power she's an incredibly strong magic user and she has to be taught how to control that otherwise she's going to end up you know just destroying everything on accident half the time but uh so he writes us he, he writes a note to Yennefer to ask her to help take care of Siri and he hasn't talked to Yennefer in years whenever he first writes this letter oh, so he doesn't okay. know how to start it so he writes it dear friend mm, okay and that pisses her off and so from then on <laughs> Every letter that she sends back to him, she's like, dear friend, I'm so glad to hear that I am your friend and you hold me dearly and and all that shit. And as (laughs) as they put it in the book is that every time he sees the word dear friend, he has to stop himself from turning around and biting his own ass because he's so fucking angry. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. In episode seven, I'll let you read that one also. I I would probably forget. I believe that's from the, uh, this is, I haven't read all of them in a while, so Sorry if I'm wrong a little bit here. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. But I think Valeth Mir was whenever they're in... Um, uh, God damn it. What's the fucking... The Druidic city in the middle of the woods? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Broccolin. Yeah. The, oh, okay. Yeah, the forest of uh, Broccolin. Pretty sure Valeth Mir was... Um, it's something about like... Uh, you. It's, it's something about not changing fate, essentially. And how that, like, Geralt has to, he's just stuck with Ciri, there's nothing he can do to get away from it, he has to protect her and shit like that. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure it was something about that. We're not 100% on that one. The final episode, they're, they're keeping top secret top still. Secrets. Got a few production I, I photos to look through. That's pretty cool. Nice. Is this that city there? The Caramorn, maybe? Yeah, it's probably Caramorn. Or that's, ooh, that might be the Tower of the Gulls. Oh. Oh, and they did release the the date December seventeenth. Yeah, yeah, dog. Can't wait. I know you can't possibly really get more excited, but there you go. Can't wait. We got to mention it. So. <laughs> we got to re reread those books soon. Yeah, I want to rewatch the season one also too. Oh, I I, I watch season one constantly. <laughs> <laughs> like once a week, I I put on at least one episode from it. I was like, yeah, I got nothing to do. I'll watch the Witcher a little bit. Nice. Next up, we got a little more information on the John Wick spinoff, The Continental. Oh, okay. Instead of a uh, season of episodes, it's now going to be a limited series with a bigger budget. That's probably smarter. So they were going to do a, a 10-episode season of it, and now it's going to be three 90-minute specials. Okay. And uh, it now has a $20 million budget to use for the limited event. That's probably smarter. Just yeah. get a bigger budget, you can make bigger action sequences. That's what people watch the John Wick movies for anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and just make, like, big-ass action scenes. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited, too. They, they tapped Albert Hughes to direct this. Oh, no shit. You might remember him from uh, The Book of Eli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was right. very I fucking good love that movie, by the way. That movie doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. 
direct the first and the third episode, and no director of the second episode had been hired yet. So, Right on. But this is set 40 years before the events of John Wick. We'll focus on a young Winston, played in the films by Ian McShane. Yeah. And the series will be about how the Continental Chain was founded in 1970s New York. Ian McShane, who was also in Book of Eli, by the way. So. Oh, good pull, yeah. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the bad guy who was yeah. running the town or whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking awesome, though. We mention all the time, like how we love the like the lore that the movies yeah, do. Yeah, they so, like, like a really it's fun, really cool that they subtle lore be able to, to dig it. more into it. Oh yeah, dude, I, I can't wait for this. Yeah, that is one hundred percent a prop gun that he's using. On that <laughs> Look at that. You kind of see the bending. It's yeah. bending. Yeah, it's rubber. It's one hundred percent rubber. <laughs> Next up, I know you're gonna be excited. Oh yeah, the Blue Beetle series. Fuck yeah. Now has a a, a Blue Beetle picked out. Good. One of the That's stars. That's probably of, a good good choice. You want to get the titular character yeah. cast at some point. Zolo Maraduena, who is perhaps known for his portrayal of Miguel Diaz in Netflix's Cobra Kai, right on, is in talks to play the lead in the Blue Beetle series for HBO Max. Cool. I haven't seen Cobra Kai. I've heard it's amazing. I have too. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that if you had or not. So. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's really good. A lot of people have told me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even uh, Emma's mom and her husband are really big fans of it. Okay. But um, Emma hasn't seen any of the Karate Kid. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, that's definitely a must first. Yeah. Cobra Kai. Definitely. Like, I've had people tell me, like, you don't need to see Karate Kid to like Cobra Kai. I'm like, yeah, but... You're going to like a lot more if you do. Here's the thing. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Karate Kid, and mm. I'm not going to have her watching just Cobra Kai being like, well, these guys seem fun. I'm like, no! They were the enemies at first. How dare you? You don't understand what any of this is. Because <laughs> then I'll just yell at her the whole time. There's no need for that. Yeah. So, okay. Right on, though. Well, sounds cool. Yeah. So the uh, the director of Charm City Kings, Angel Manuel Soto, is set to direct the film. Guess I know that is. I'll be and it'll focus on Mexican American teen Jamie Reyes. Jaime Reyes. Jamie. <laughs> DC's third character to take a Blue Beetle name after Dan Garrett and Ted Cord. Yep. Uh, I think the Ted Cord Blue Beetles were what I was what I read a lot. Okay. Uh, Reyes' time as a Blue Beetle began in two thousand six. Yeah, that makes sense. His origin story begins as a high school student in El Paso, Texas. Yep. Unlike his former counterparts, Reyes discovers the mysterious Blue Beetle scarab in a disused lot before taking it home. <laughs> the scarab later grafts itself to Reyes' spine, which gives him a powerful battle suit, an energy cannon, and the ability to travel in space, yep. among a range of other abilities. Reyes is later discovered by another DC hero, Booster Gold, who introduces him to the Justice League. Booster Gold! I can't wait. Oh, I yeah. love Booster Gold. I, I mean, so, I love the Blue Beetle, too, though. Honestly. Right. Blue Beetle's fucking badass. Yeah. So, yeah. Could be a fun little series. I Coming think so. to HBO Max yeah, next year. Yeah, so. Max, I'll watch it. Yep. I'll watch anything on HBO Max. I give a fuck. Nice. But I'm not watching fucking Harley Quinn on HBO Max because <laughs> I love that fucking series. Last bit of TV news is the huge deal that South Park creators got. Did you hear this. about that? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't tell if it was a. F- fuck around or not no it's apparently super legit so okay both trey parker and matt stone have signed a deal that will call for the pair to develop 14 movies jesus together with a new game and more seasons at comedy central according to the hollywood reporter the new deal with viacom cbs's mtv entertainment studios covers the development of 14 original south park movies that will debut exclusively on paramount plus beginning with two starting this year as well as a multi-season renewal of the flagship series that'll take it through its 30th season in 2027. And then they're also working on a new video game. No, I know. I never played the second video game. Yeah. The Fractured But Whole. Right. I, mean, I just haven't got, I don't have anything against it. I just haven't had a chance to play it yet. Mm-hmm. I love the Stick of Truth. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I, but, uh, 
I've been rewatching South Park lately because mm-hmm. I fell way far behind on South Park. Yeah, you I mentioned have, that one other time on the podcast. Yeah, like I, I you know, I, I didn't have cable. I wasn't living at home anymore and stuff like that. I just didn't sure. have a chance to watch it. So I, yeah. I picked back up on like season twenty. I think was where I started again. Okay, fifteen somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's still fucking oh, hilarious. Yeah, it's it one is. of the greatest shows ever made. They have, they have a miss every once in a while. You can't blame them for oh, yeah, that. Of course, like, it's going to happen. That's part of the nature of how they do everything. Well, like, get yeah. that and the fact that they were doing fucking, like, doing it in six days. You're, yeah. you're allowed to fuck up every now and then when you're doing it that quickly. Exactly. But, I mean, these guys are so fucking funny and creative. Oh, yeah. But, like, how are they going to fuck around with this? So there's 100% going to be some bit of fucking around with them with this well, shit. I imagine, yeah. Right? But, yeah, six more seasons, 14 movies, and a video game, and... They're getting a $900 million deal. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, they, they deserve it. These guys are amazing. I've been huge fans of the South Park creators from, I mean, their first movie they ever made, <laughs> the fucking Orgasmo, was amazing. Yeah. Or even before that, their fucking, uh, their film school fucking project they made, Cannibal the Musical, which if you guys haven't seen that, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, look up Cannibal the Musical. Okay. Uh, it's about... Um, a guy, what's his name? Something Parker, who was before the Donner Party, but the same story. And it happened up there in Colorado, where they're from, and stuff like that. So okay. they made Cannibal the Musical, and it's about this guy going oh up into the mountains with his friends, and they get caught, and like they end up having to eat everybody and shit like that. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And it's totally like Broadway style? Yes, it's just a total <laughs> musical. That's actually where the uh, aliens started from. Oh, really? Yeah, you know how there's an alien in every episode of South Park? Yeah, yeah. During one of the songs in Cannibal the Musical, there's a snowman in the background, and they make the head look like an alien's head for, like, four frames. And then it cuts back to normal. But then they started doing that with their fucking show, the, wow. you know, the Spirit of Christmas or whatever, I think was the first South Park episode. Yeah, yeah. Before South Park versus Jesus. Or but yeah, it was just Santa like, versus Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's amazing. Yeah, Cannibal the Musical. I think it's on YouTube. Okay. I know some of it is on YouTube because I'm actually going to show you one of the videos here whenever we get done recording. Okay. But uh, I mean, everything these guys have done between you know that South Park, oh, yeah. Orgasmo, yeah. Basketball, Team fucking, America, Team America, the, uh, the Book fucking, of Mormon, the Book of Mormon. I mean, that thing, that shit won Tonys. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. That shit won Tony Awards. Yeah. And it's amazing. These guys are just so they're. The exact opposite of what I get pissed about in Hollywood constantly. It's probably because they're just creative dudes from Colorado as opposed to like Hollywood assholes. <laughs> Where it's all they do is just make creative shit and be funny and do their own thing and tell everybody else to go fuck themselves. And I'm shocked they're holding it together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Seriously. <laughs> It's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. More South Park is always going to be good. Just anything more from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Those guys are just such amazing dudes. That Absolutely. I'll watch anything. They, make. they can make a fucking cooking show and I'll watch it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Move into some video game news for the last couple topics. Your, uh, your favorite there, Mortal Kombat 11, yeah. has now sold over 12 million units worldwide. I bought one of those. It's officially the best-selling Mortal Kombat game ever. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. I would not have expected that, but yeah. It's... Well, then I, I guess in terms of just straight numbers, right, it does right. make sense because there's more people playing video games. But it like does, but... Mortal Kombat 3, <laughs> everybody who owned a fucking Super Nintendo owned that fucking game. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so percentage-wise, I don't know if it's the greatest selling game ever in, in the franchise, but... Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I picked it up on the PlayStation Store for like, 30 bucks got everything on it awesome so, it's yeah. probably on sale right now honestly guys go check it out if it's on sale yeah. get it it's a lot of fun so yeah the uh, the series as a whole is now over 73 million games sold that is so 
fucking crazy. Yeah. Creator Ed Boone says, when Mortal Kombat launched nearly 30 years ago, I never dreamed it would grow into the franchise it is today. We have some of the most passionate fans in the world, and we appreciate the support they have shown us over the years. Dude, this game was so popular, it was like in Congress. They had to like make laws. Oh, yeah. It was too violent and shit like that. Like It's part of pop culture. Yeah, that's why the ESRB rating system came exactly. about. Exactly, yeah. Like, my dad doesn't know anything about video games. He knows what Mortal Kombat is. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, it's insane. But we do have some sad news with it, because okay. it followed the news that NetherRealm announced it is now shifting its focus to the next project. So that after more than two years of supporting Mortal Kombat 11, DLC for the game, including characters, has come to an end. So there really is no Ash. That's surprising. Something must have fallen through on some kind of contract deal or something. It'll be the next Mortal Kombat. He'll he'll be in then. Yeah. Although, to be fair, they've put every other character in that (laughs) fucking game. Those guys, like... If, especially if you get the fucking version that I bought, which is like the fully maxed out with all the DLCs, yeah. you're not going to feel shortchanged okay. whatsoever. There's about 115 characters, I think. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> it's not that many, but okay. it, there's a fucking shit ton, though. <laughs> and they bring back a lot of old ones, too. You get like Nightwolf and shit like that on there. Oh, nice. It's okay. fucking fun, dude. It's it's worth it. It's probably on sale right now. If it's on sale, if it's $30 or less, get it. You're okay. fucking making money at, at that point. Nice. And last but news, speaking of Ash, we'll end it with some Evil Dead news. Uh, as mentioned during the Bruce Campbell interview earlier, yeah, uh, Evil Dead the game has been delayed to February of 2022, no longer coming out this October. Okay. But the reason why <clears throat> sounds pretty promising. It's uh, They're going to give the team extra time to add a single player option. Okay. So okay. not just the, the asynchronous multiplayer. Right on. So yeah, Evil Dead That's the game will be releasing in February of 2022. Hey, Groovy Gamers, we're targeting a new release date to give the team some extra time for polish and to ensure that this is the ultimate Evil Dead experience that you've all been waiting for. The additional time is allowing us to implement a single-player option that'll let you enjoy the game even when you are without your co-op compadres. Right on. So, alright? Yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna get it. Yeah. It's perfect it comes out in February, because Emma can just buy it for me for Valentine's Day. And yeah. Just call it a gift. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, sounds good. I, I can't wait. We're gonna play it for sure. Mm-hmm. It's got cross-platform play, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. I, I think we already talked about that, but yeah, yeah. just to make sure. Excellent, though, bud. Oh, yeah. It's fucking cool. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. I think that's, yeah. I think that's an episode. Sign us out of here. That yeah. feels like an episode to me. It does. That was pretty good. We don't have any one. questions. Uh, I apologize for that. The Queen of Questions is currently upstairs, uh, possibly getting ready to DM a small one-shot for us. So Instead, I think we're just going to say thank you, guys. We appreciate all the support. Sorry it took us so long. Again, I apologize. Uh, other than that, though, fucking, again, we appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Make sure to uh, like this podcast and subscribe to it if you can on whatever fucking medium you listen to us on. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. That's at uh, VA to Z show on Twitter. With the number two. Yeah, number two. You also follow Andrew on uh, Twitter at BigGuyACV. That's me. And then you can follow me on Twitter at MelchKnowsBest, M-E-L-C-H, KnowsBest. And uh, make sure to send us anything you guys want. Questions, comments, concerns, compliments, fucking recipes, movie pitches, anything. I'll read it online. We'll talk about it. It'll be fun. Uh, We also, if you got something bigger or if you just don't want to be associated with us on Twitter, which I understand... We have an email as well you can get a hold of us on, and that is uh, a2zshow.ask at gmail.com. Make sure to hit us up on that. That's on my phone even. I can fucking check that whenever I need to. 
And uh, let's see, other than that, make sure to go out there, support your local fucking uh, bars and restaurants, support your local movie theaters. Yep. Check out uh, Kevin the Strange, make sure he's not selling anything new yet. Just anything to support creative people making fucking shit, because I'm tired of cookie cutter bullshit. Yeah. And everybody else, you guys fucking keep it up. Keep yeah. doing your thing. You guys are all rocking. Let yeah. your freak flag fly. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. Get some crunches in as you want and fucking destroy some beers. Hang out with your boys. We love you guys very much. Keep it up. We will see you next time. Peace.